98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort, AC and Plumbing. Proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. All right, going to start and end with the Phoenix Suns. Of course, you know what we're going to end with, the Kevin Durant news. We're going to start with the Suns announcing they're going to be rocking their throwback purple sunburst jerseys for this upcoming season. It'll be part of their rotation as their classic jersey. This year is the 30th anniversary of the Charles Barkley NBA Finals season. And so they, they even had like a teaser video they released a couple of days ago with KJ and Oliver Miller and Dan Marley was in I it. I saw that. Sam Sabalos was I in it. I saw yeah, that. Like Tim Kempton, yeah, all the guys from those that's teams. That's fantastic. It was pretty cool. It's, it's, a, it's a sweet, iconic jersey for those of us who have been fans of the team for a long time. And it'll be fun to see them wearing that for a few occasions this year. Hopefully more often than not, because I think it's a great, great look. The purple. What's the feedback burst? from the fan base? Pretty good? Oh, it's one it's everything I've read is positive. Like the Suns okay. know that they've got themselves a hit with this one. The Arizona Cardinals, meanwhile, here's your update as they fly out to Nashville for a joint practice this week with the Titans. The Cardinals waived five players today to get down to eighty. Running back TJ Pledger, punter Nolan Cooney, tight end Josh Hockett, uh, cornerback Cortez Davis, and cornerback Daryl Baker Jr. They were waived. Cliff Kingsbury talked today about the addition of Cody Ford in the trade the Cardinals swung yesterday. We see him playing inside with the ability pinch to play a tackle, but some of the injuries we've had inside there, we felt like it was a position we could get some more depth, and he's a very physical player, and we like the tape. Some of the injuries that he referred to, Will Hernandez, who's a little dinged up, Marquise Hayes is a little dinged up. Here's an update on those guys. Will will be back um, by next week, I'd say, and then Marquise uh, a week or two. And then the big one, Justin Pugh, who's getting checked out with a stinger, stinger in his shoulder. He's getting checked out right now. Um, so I don't have much on that, but we'll see uh, how that plays out next week. Yeah, I think you know a lot of people think maybe that's why they went out and made the trade. Gave up a fifth-round pick to get Cody Ford. Just a little worried about that stinger with Justin Pugh. Uh, Justin's a tough son of a gun. He plays, he gets he gets banged up, and he usually plays hurt all the time. I'm really not worried about him because he's just he's a tough guy, and he'll play, he'll play hurt. So I think Cody's still more for depth, but we'll keep our on that. Yeah, it was certainly when the Cody Ford trade was announced yesterday, one of the first things that went through my head was, oh man, who's hurt? And if it's just a stinger, it shouldn't be that big of a deal, but obviously starting to get a little thin on bodies, and that's also a reason why Cliff said today it was his idea, and he was the one who called Mike Vrabel to see if they could scale back some of the joint practices this week. They're only going to really do them for a day, and it sounds like when they do them for that day, it's not going to be super physical between the two teams, so it's definitely going to be a different look. Oh, by the way, because it's Nashville, Cliff was also asked if Blake Shelton is going to show up for practice since they're in the home of country music. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Probably in his, on his ranch right now in Oklahoma. But if Steve's in Nashville, there's a chance Blake might show up. <laughs> oh, good. Gotta love Blake Shelton. Will Gwen show up, too? Probably. Yeah, I would Probably. imagine. Shortstop Jordan Lawler, one of the top prospects in the Diamondback system, was promoted today to double A. He's been killing it at high A ball, and... 
if he does very well at Double A for the remaining few weeks of their season, it's just one step closer. You you do well in Double A, you're not that far off no. from a promotion to the bigs. Yeah, he's not going to get obviously there this year, but I think that you know could he be around the end of next season? At the end of next, he's not going to start next year with the team either. But you'll get you'll have you have one more year of Nick Ahmed under contract. And then they're going to need their shortstop of the future to become up and ready to play. So I would I would kind of pencil him in. This time a year from now, maybe? Yeah, this time a year from now, get to be a September call-up. Yep. And then be your shortstop in 2020, what would that, four? 24. 2024. Diamondbacks back in action tonight. They're in Kansas City taking on the Royals. First pitch is at 510. We'll preview that game coming up in a few moments. More local news. ASU announced their new hockey arena, the one that they're going to share with the Coyotes, will be called Mullet Arena in recognition of Donald and Barbara Mullet's commitment to ASU and Sun Devil Athletics. Of course, the internet is now just filled with mullet jokes, Wait, hockey is it be, jokes. It, it's Mullet Arena baked from ASU. Yes. From a, from a day, okay, from a, it's a, the, right. the ASU building, the yeah. one that the Coyotes are sharing with them for yeah, the next three years. They don't get any of those naming no, rights or any of that no, stuff. No, no, That's no. all ASU. It's 100% ASU's decision. It, it's just sort of mullet a Arena. Mullet Arena for a hockey building. That is hilarious. Oh my god, that's a, you know what you guys kept saying that. And I didn't I thought you guys were all joking. I swear to you, I like I heard like five people talk about Mullet Arena. I'm like, you guys like trying to come up with a name on your own? Like I'm I'm not I'm not getting the li- the, the first time like I knew that that was real was just, just now. Just now. Just now. Yeah. Mullet that, Arena. It's really is, gonna be called Mullet Arena. It's really gonna be called Mullet Arena. Live from Mullet Arena! Yep. The Yotes taking on the Ottawa Senators. Pretty much. Pretty much. MLB news. Walker Bueller underwent Tommy John surgery. Not only going to miss this season, he could miss all of next season. This is his second Tommy John surgery, so the recovery is expected to last Ooh. a little longer. Don't worry. The Dodgers will just go out and spend $200 million on the top free agent in the offseason, and they'll be they fine. Yeah. What they do. Also, Angels owner and former minority wow. owner for the Diamondbacks, Artie Moreno, wow. says he's exploring the possibility possibility of selling the Angels franchise. Cashing out or cashing in, as it were. <laughs> Might as well, man. Yeah. It's... I mean, unless you want to pass it down to your kids, there's a lot of money to be made in selling a team. But our top story of the day today here on the Burns and Gambo Show is, of course, what feels very much like the end of the Suns' pursuit of Kevin Durant. Certainly, at least for now, because the story that came down today is that Steve Nash, the coach that Durant wanted fired, Sean Marks, the general manager that Durant wanted fired. Those two guys and the Nets owner, Joe Sy, met with Kevin Durant and his business manager today in Los Angeles, and they have all decided to move forward with their partnership with one, quote, collective goal in mind, build a lasting franchise to bring a championship to Brooklyn, close quote. Sounds like everything for now is copacetic between Kevin Durant and the Nets organization. So for now, Kevin Durant ain't going anywhere which means he ain't coming here. Not coming here. You can put everything to bed right now. We'll see what happens at the trade deadline. I'm sure his name will come up again, depending on where Brooklyn is in the standings. And then after the season is over, if there's another first-round ouster by the Nets, we'll see if Kevin Durant gets frustrated and wants out. At that point, Kyrie will be, go- Kyrie will be gone, and we'll see what the Nets plan on doing. Look, that roster with Kyrie, a healthy Joe Harris, Ben Simmons, who defensively is elite, elite defensively, 
That is a roster that can win the East. Not saying that they will, but they can win the East. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, Joe Harris. That's a roster that's very capable of winning. So we'll see what happens and whether Durant actually plays out these final four years with the Nets or if it's just one year and we're back in the same spot next year. They had the ninth best odds to win the championship before today. They now have the third best odds to win the championship in the NBA after this announcement. They went from eighth to third like that. And the Suns? The third best in the whole league. In the NBA. whole NBA. Boston, this is according to Caesars Sports. Boston is plus 500. The Warriors are plus 600. Brooklyn has moved into a tie with the Milwaukee Bucks at plus 750. Wow. They jumped from eight to third because I know people out there are going to want to know the Suns dropped from fourth to sixth on this list in terms of their odds to so, win a championship. So Durant coming back knocks them down two spots? Yeah, I, I don't know. How does wh- that work? I, I, I asked the same question, and I don't know why. Somehow, the, they, they went from being tied with the Clippers for fourth to the Clippers jumped them and the Suns dropped below the Clippers. Maybe because they were maybe people were betting the Suns because they we're thought gonna Kevin get Durant were coming here. Yeah. Okay. So okay. they dropped them a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Right, so the odds sense. have changed. Um, now, what it means for the Suns going forward, we're going to cover, trust me, keep it right here because we're going to cover all about what this means for the Suns going forward, but it's done for now, and and yeah, it, certainly there's going to be more chaos that follows the Nets. It's Kyrie, it's KD, there's going to be drama. It's not over, but for now, it is over, and the idea that the Suns are going to acquire Kevin Durant sometime in the next month before training camp, over. That's not happening right now. So, what does it mean? That's something we're going to talk about coming up, because when we come back here on the Burns and Gambo show, now that it's a fact that KD is going to remain with Brooklyn. How does that affect the Suns players? Will it at all? We'll talk about that next here on Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports. Kevin Durant. Watch the latest on KD to the Suns with Burns and Gambo. You blew it! (laughs) Good job, bitch. It's the last day we're going to play that thing. There it is. So Mitch is taking every single negative soundbite he can find, and he's I'll tacked it on. Put that out to pasture. Back end of that thing. Kevin Durant, watch for the Suns. Nobody's watching anymore. <laughs> it's done. It's over. Um, and now, so now we move forward. And, and what a, what a... What an interesting spot for the Suns to be in because you've made it very, very clear that the Suns throughout this whole process, and we'll get into more detail about this a little bit later, but just a quick kind of Cliff Notes okay. catch up here, yeah. is that the Suns were, were did not engage the Nets to the level where specific players were discussed, specific proposals were made. No, it never no. really got to that point between no, the two I, sides. I, I, listen, I basically asked you, were you ever told you were out of it? No, because you were never in it. We were never in it. Like They never had a, like the second that they didn't want the Andre Ayton. It's the Nets. Continue, and I've said this, you know this, because I've said this almost every day for two months. The Suns were continually rebuffed. The Nets kept saying, you don't have enough to make a deal. So right. there was no offers. Like anybody says, oh, the Suns offered. No, they didn't. You're lying. They didn't make an offer. They, they they would call. They'd have discussions. They haven't spoke to them in weeks. It's not like they called every day. I mean, they, the Nets would continually tell the Suns, like, you don't have enough to get a deal done because the, the, the Nets were very insistent on a deal, a Rudy Gobert type deal or better. And the Suns just weren't 
weren't in that. So nobody was close to getting a deal done. Nobody was close to getting anything done. But it never, ever got to the point where these teams exchanged, you know, players and draft picks and things like that to see if a deal was acceptable. It never got, they never got close to that. Certainly. And, and there are certainly names that we assumed would be involved. I mean, I think until you reported on the day that Kevin Durant wanted out, June 30th, you June know, forever 30th. ago, that, that the Nets didn't want Aiton. I think we started that day assuming Aiton would be a part of it, but obviously he wasn't going to be. We assumed Mikel Bridges or Cam Johnson or Jay Crowder or Dario could be a part of it. I mean, heck, even Dario was giving some comments to a Croatian paper a couple of weeks ago. He goes, yeah, the plan for me is to be with the Suns, but who knows? These things might change. Right. You know, So all these guys might have assumed they were a part of it. How, how they and how we react to a summer that was dominated with this talk, right? I mean, we talked about Kevin Durant darn near every single day for the last two months. We came up with fancy production oh, about right, it. Right. right. There was one day where we didn't, and one it was day. a day that you were on vacation where we didn't talk about it. How do they react to this not happening? Do you think? I mean, even though maybe specifically none of them were mentioned, how do yeah. they react to this not happening? You know, I think there's probably depending on the players, right? If you're Book or Paul, you might have felt like that was what was necessary to get you over the top. If you're a lot of other players on that league, you're relieved that you're not in because every other every other player that's not Book or Paul or Aiton could have been involved in that trade. Indeed, campaign could have been involved. Jay Crowder could have been involved. Dario Saric could have been involved. Everybody could have. Every almost every single player in that roster could have been involved in yeah. a trade. Yeah, and you know, so along the I like where you're going with this. Along those lines, whether your name was discussed or not, whether you were bandied about or not, if you're not Devin Booker, if you're not Chris Paul, if you're not DeAndre Ayton, I have to, and you want to be here, I have to imagine you're breathing a little bit of a sigh yes. of relief today. Yeah. I'm not going to Brooklyn. I don't have to move. I'm not getting traded because until you know, you don't know. And I would imagine everybody on that roster outside of those three guys didn't know for sure that they'd be playing for Phoenix when the season starts. Now, theoretically, they still might make a move, but for now, I think those guys could breathe easy a little bit. Yeah, and I think the listen, I think in the end, even Booker and Paul will be like, okay, like, you know, it would have been nice if we got him, but man, we got a great team here. Won 64 games the year before we were in the NBA Finals. Like, okay, I got, you know, you're, it's not like you don't want to go to battle with those guys, but uh, I got a chance to get Kevin Durant. I, I can understand trying to push for that, but in the end, I don't think that those guys are going to be, if you're Booker or Paul, I don't think in the end you're really that upset. You've got a great team. You've got a great roster. You're, you're, the thir- you're, you're still one of the favorites to win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's a. I think Durant may have pushed them over the top, but there's no guarantees. But I think he would have. But I still like. I wouldn't say right now the Suns have no chance of, of winning a championship. Of course they do. They're a terrific basketball team. Absolutely. They've got a shot. And of course any of those guys can still be moved. I'm just saying they're not going to get moved in a Kevin Durant trade because that's not happening. Could the Suns still make a trade between now and training camp involving some of those guys? Yeah, absolutely they could. Look, we've said it since June 30th, the day the initial KD demand broke. If K- KD wants you, and reportedly he did. He wanted to come to the Suns. You are compelled to pursue him. Yeah. You have to. Now, I'm sure if you're a player on the Suns roster and you might have gotten traded, you don't feel that way about it. But as a fan, if you're a fan of the Phoenix Suns and you know Kevin Durant wants to come here, you 
want your team to pursue him. You have to pursue him if you're the Suns. And you have to ride it out to the very end because opportunities like that don't come around very often. So I don't blame the Suns at all for trying as hard as they could to make something like this and happen. they absolutely position themselves with all their future draft picks going forward to be able to make a deal. It just didn't work out. Yep. All right, we got Diamondbacks baseball coming up. The home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball is 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. We're checking in on the D-backs as they warm up for the game's first pitch. D-backs on deck, brought to you by 72 Sold. Get thousands more on your home with no inconvenience. Visit 72sold.com and buy Sonic. This is how we Sonic. Stop by your nearest location today for the Sonic Grilled Cheese Double Burger for a limited time, only at Sonic. Diamondbacks in Kansas City taking on the Royals. It's a game you will hear on ESPN 620 coming up at 510 this afternoon. And your pitching matchup is brought to you by Native Interiors. Your floors, your way. Text the word floors to 620-620. For more information, the righty Jonathan Heasley gets the start for Kansas City. He's 1-7 with a 5-6-1 ERA. Zach Davies gets the start for the Diamondbacks. 2-4 and four with a 3-9-9 ERA. His last time out against San Francisco, he was good. He gave up one earned run in five innings. Yeah, and pitch. Heasley has really, really struggled. That walks and hitch per innings pitched 1.56 over 61 innings. He puts a lot of guys on base, which should bode well for a Diamondback team that likes to run. You would think so. Your farm report is brought to you by Redbird Farms. You can't put a price on great taste. Of course, most of the Diamondbacks affiliates are in action later tonight. But the big news coming out of the farm system for the Diamondbacks, Jordan Lawler, their all-everything shortstop in their system, was promoted today to double-A. That according to Zach Buchanan from The Athletic. So another piece of the puzzle getting a little closer. bit closer. Yep. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. He is their shortstop of the future. He is a guy that they are really going to count on because they're not getting a lot of production out of shortstop. you got one more year of Nick Ahmed. So I think about this time next year, we'll be talking about Lawler maybe being a September call-up, and in 24, he could be the guy. Now, of course, for the Diamondbacks themselves, they're coming off a weekend sweep at the hands of the St. Louis Cardinals. They had been playing such good ball leading up until that moment, but as we've seen since the All-Star break, one of the problems for the Diamondbacks has been simply the schedule. When they're playing subpar teams, they're competitive. They win series. They've done well. When they play good teams, it's been a struggle. Now, Kansas City's not so hot. Chicago, the White Sox, they're coming up next. After this this week, the schedule gets brutally tough for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Figuring out a way to be better against the better teams would be a nice place to start for this team a week from now. Yeah, there's no question that they, you know, they would love to finish on a strong note. You know, finish 20 games over what they were last year, 25 games over. That Cardinal series was tough. That that hurt them a lot because there were some games that they could have won and maybe should have won. And you know, Bumgarner didn't pitch well. The bullpen did. Ginkle screw messed up one game, Absolutely. and a Melanson next missed up a another game. They've really struggled, you know, again, with their right-handed relief pitching has been a disaster for them this season. All right, your standings, and they are driven by trucks only. The Valley's number one independent dealer and home of the lifetime engine warranty. Diamondbacks starting the day, 11 games below 500, 55 and 66 on the season, way out of first, way out of the wild card race. For what it's worth, the Royals, 16 games out of first in the American League Central. They're 50 and 74 on the season. The next Next opponent for the Diamondbacks, the White Sox, are 62 and 60. They're only three games back from Cleveland for the lead in that division. So they're still relevant. We'll see how the Diamondbacks do against them. But first up, it's the Royals, and we've got some keys to.
to tonight's game. Listen, man, I need you to be the key master. I am the key master. Keybacks Keys to the Game, presented by Mist America, home of the patented Mist 360 outdoor cooling system. Visit MistAmerica.com today for a cooler tomorrow. All right, Geraldo Perdomo is in the lineup today. He's in the lineup, but he has been awful in August, hitting just 115. He's had 52 at-bats. He's got six hits. He's won for his last 21. So I'm going to put a little pressure on Geraldo Perdomo to try and get that bat going, try to get on base at the bottom of that lineup today. All right, Diamondbacks baseball coming up. You'll hear it on ESPN 620. Of course, we'll keep you completely updated right here on the Burns and Gambo Show. But when we come back... With Kevin Durant out of the picture, what is next for the Suns to do with the remainder of the offseason? We'll tell you what Gambo thinks, what Gambo's hearing next on the Burns and Gambo Show. That's a Ruby Tuesday here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Why we don't play Ruby Tuesday from the Suns, I, I don't know, but... I know I like Kaiser Chiefs. This is good. I just it's Ruby Tuesday. You were the one that sparked the impetus for this. I know. I'm I'm not questioning you. I'm questioning myself. I'm talking to myself. Do you want me to just play the KD watch sounder again? <laughs> yeah, I will in a minute. Yeah, because we got to get our money's worth out of that bad boy. Let's get an update on our Twitter poll question of the day. Let's turn it over to Mr. Ruby, Eric Ruby, here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, what you got for us today? Well, I'll tell you what, we definitely got our worth out of that sounder because we we played it. We sure did. So much. Don't forget, too, I'm going to need an update on Gambo's... Crocs. Oh, I've got it. Oh, good. I've oh, got it. We've oh, got good. it. Oh, I got to tell you what, I, I did get a message from Lorenzo Alexander, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And, uh, very cool guy. Very cool Lorenzo guy. Alexander, right? Yeah. You would say he's hip, right? Uh, yeah, the Crocs are in. All my son's friends wear them. I go, do you have some? He goes, of course. Yeah. So not only look, look, they're in. Look, I'm sorry I, that I have to, you know, to I, give you the, the I, fashion news. I retweeted the the poll, yeah. including a link that I found from a quick Google search: "Are Crocs in fashion?" And the story I included said, "Yes, indeed, they yes, are. They're in fashion." I don't know if that's what you're starting with, Eric. So no, I, we're gonna start with okay. It now. That's okay. Bring it. Gambo's rocking his Crocs today. Uh, he's been threatened to have his salary docked by our boss for wearing. But he doesn't care. He stands out. Yeah, he doesn't care. Yeah, he's. Fashion is more important. They stand out. Yeah, they stand out. What's our what's the question and what's our audience say? All right. It's simply are Crocs in fashion, yes or no? It's a 60-40 split for no. 60% say yeah, no. You know, that is the older portion of our audience, 45, 50, 55, 60. They have no fashion. They have absolutely no fashion. The younger part, the 20, 25, 30, 35 year olds, they're all like, of course they're in fashion. You know, my wife was said, told me, listen, if anybody tells you they're not in fashion, if somebody says, hey, why are you wearing those? Because they, they, you know fashion. Because I know fashion. Okay. That's what she told me to say. Uh, now, I hadn't voted on it yet. Yeah. If I were to vote on it, I would have actually voted yes. You would have. I would have said yes, they're in fashion. If the vote would have been, would you wear Crocs yourself? I would have said, hell no. I, I just kind of comfy. I'm wearing them right now. I, I, I think kind of comfy. I, I mean, think I've heard a look, lot of good things I, I, about Crocs. I, I have too. And I think they are actually in fashion. I just, I, no thanks. I'm good. I'll pass. Well, just because they're in fashion doesn't mean I want to wear them. You know, bell-bottom jeans were in fashion for a whole decade. Didn't mean I want to wear them. Well, you know what's back now? Short shorts. 
Yeah, doesn't mean I want to wear those either. Yeah. You can't wear long shorts anymore. Does, you got to wear the short shorts. Doesn't mean I'm going to go wearing short shorts everywhere I go either. Just because it's in fashion doesn't mean I want to wear it. So I won't wear Crocs, but I'll wear short shorts. You guys want to do a basketball question? Please, over here? yeah, let's rescue right. us from this Crocs conversation. Uh, we're going to do the one we didn't do at two thirty, and it's now that Kevin Durant to Phoenix is basically dead. How do you feel about the Suns roster as it stands right now? You've got four options. Option number one, ready for the season, no changes necessary. Option number two, you need to make one change, add one more piece, and then you need to make two changes, two more pieces, or three changes. Revamp the whole roster, basically. One more change. One more change. Two, it's a a really good roster. They don't need to do a whole lot. Man, do they need another scorer? They need another guy who can get his own shot. I'm going to say one more piece. Yeah. One more piece. One more piece. They do. They're just, it's not there yet. It's a good roster. I don't know if it's a good enough roster. What's our audience say? Audience agrees with both of you. 43.4% say they just need one more piece. In second place, at 34%, they need two more pieces. In third place, 15.1% says they're ready for the season. 7.5% says three new pieces, please. Okay, you can vote on all of our poll questions and man, do we have a ton of them today on this Ruby Tuesday. You can find them on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. Coming up at 5 o'clock, we're going to talk about how close the Suns came to making this happen. Let's focus for the next several minutes on what's next for the Suns since our poll question leads us right into that. Okay, they're not getting Kevin Durant. No. Now what for Phoenix? Well, now you've got a about a six and a half million dollar taxpayer exception because the Suns are a taxpayer that you have at your disposal to use at any time. You could also sign players to veterans minimums contracts. So if you wanted to go out and go get a player that's a free agent. And, but I think that, you know, they would have had that guy. If there's a guy that they like, they would have had him. But I think that they that there's a chance they hold on to that exception mm-hmm. and use it at the right time. Now, if you start the season without using it, you does you could still use it. You could use it in the buyout market. You could use it during the trade deadline. There's things, there's places you, don't you lose can it. use it. It doesn't vanish, right? No, you'll have it for this season, this, this salary. You have it all year. You could yeah. use it. It might be the buyout market. You may, and, and listen, there's nothing wrong with them waiting for the simple fact that, you know, maybe you say right now, man, I think, because I do think that they'd like to add a post-up power forward. But say you get into the season and you realize, hey, you know what, man, we really, campaign is not clicking. We thought he would with Dario back. It's not working. Maybe we need a better backup point guard. Maybe an injury occurs. And you say, okay, we've got a major injury here. So I think that there's a chance that they hold on to that thing, that they don't use it until later on. Because it gives them time to evaluate their roster, see if there's any injuries, see if there's more of a need it forward or guard and then make a determination on who to go get. Yeah, at this point, it doesn't feel like there's anybody out there worth spending it on. I, I mean, there's just no the free agency started and ended nearly two months ago. Most of the good guys are gone. There's nobody out there in free agency right now worth the taxpayer's mid-level exception. Nobody. And so, don't go spend it now on somebody. Wait until the buyout market. Wait until you get closer to the trade deadline. Put yourself in a position financially to be able to absorb a little bit more if you want. I I think that's a better play right now because I think you'll have better options there. I had always thought, and I, I understand where, you know, I understand where they might not want to admit this. I had always thought that their pursuit of Kevin Durant, certainly early on in the process, would have held them back from making moves they would have wanted to make. I just got to figure that there was 
potentially a trade or two that they would have wanted to do, but they didn't because they needed to hold all of those pieces close to them in case a Kevin Durant trade materialized. Well, I, and that, that ship might have sailed for them now, I would think. I know this. If they would have traded Kevin Durant, if they would have traded for Kevin Durant, and say they moved four players, say they ended up moving four players to make the money work. Maybe it wasn't Mikhail, but they moved Cam, and they moved Dario, and they moved Campaign, and they would have their only options to replace those guys would have been like veterans, minimums. veterans minimums guys. Yeah, yeah. And that was what they were so reluctant to do. So I know if they did make a trade for him and moved out three or four pieces, then they would have had to make some moves. I think that I I agree with you. Like there's still a move to be made. It's just I'm not really sure what what position that may be, and they may not even be sure what position that's going to be at this time. Yeah, I, I guess I just I, I I hear you, and I because I still think there's some upgrading to be. Done. It, it's still, but it does. Do you do you, do you agree that it doesn't have to happen? Oh, one hundred percent. Of course not. Okay. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. I guess I just thought that. Let's say, okay, let's let's paint this imaginary world here, where Kevin Durant never asked for a trade. He was never available in is, the offseason. Is, is Bob Ross painting? It, it? Absolutely. There's a tree here and there's a, nice a cloud here. Oh yeah. We're gonna put a little lake here and a mountain. It's gonna be beautiful. Bob Ross is gonna paint us a masterpiece. Let's paint this picture of this have imaginary world. Hmm? Have some snow. Yeah, on the on the tops of the mountains. Oh. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, right. Let's put a little. It's, oh, it makes me so happy. As Bob Ross would say, "It's your world. You can do whatever it's you my want." My imaginary with it. world. Yeah. So, in uh, my imaginary world, Kevin Durant was never available. I think in that world, the Suns did something. You know, I think in that in that world where Kevin Durant was not available to the Suns, he was happy. He was never going to leave. I think in that multiverse somewhere, the Phoenix Suns did in fact trade one of their players. They changed the DNA of their team. Maybe not drastically, but they took Dario's contract and moved it, or they took Jay's contract and moved it. They packaged Landry Shamit in a future first, and they moved it, and they got something that changes the DNA. Of their team, but because they were in on Kevin Durant and they owed it to themselves to be in on Kevin Durant as long as they could, they didn't do it. And I bet there's another universe somewhere where the Suns were never going to get Kevin Durant. They made a move. They, they did something to change the core of their team somehow. I, I, I believe they here, would have done here's that. Here's where you may be right. I'm going to tell you where I, there is a, there is an angle here where you may be right. And I'll just give you one example. There were other teams that were trying to get Kevin Durant, okay, that are now not going to get him. Say you're Toronto, who needs a center. But you kind of like thought maybe you could get Kevin Durant, too. You now know you're not going to get Kevin Durant. speaking my language now. So now you go to Phoenix and say... Hey, Obi Wan Kenobi for yeah, Kevin let, Durant. Yeah, let's 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 talk. Right, let's talk about something. Let's talk about somebody. Actually, let's, OG Ananobi. Yeah, I know. Not, not Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed okay, the Star Wars. Yeah. But like in that in that in that alternate universe. Mm-hmm. What was that show with the alternate universe? Oh, there's a whole the bunch. The Man of in the High Castle. The Man in the High Castle. Yeah, where where yeah. The, the the Germans won, the Germans World won the War. War. What right. would life be like if the yeah right? So the Man in the High Castle, right? So we're in an alternate universe here. Kevin Durant's never getting traded. He's happy. Everything's you know, singing kumbaya. Toronto, maybe they say we need a center, 
And so let's try to get in with the Suns and see if we can make a deal work. So maybe uh, we'll, maybe something could have happened there. So I'm not going to say no to you because I do think that with several of the teams that were kind of looking at Aiton, maybe there's one of them or two of them that kind of like the Suns that kind of waited this out a little bit and they don't get him. And maybe they would have been wanted to do something maybe. with Phoenix. Maybe. And, I, and I don't know if the Suns would ever admit that. And maybe this is just a product of my imagination. I just got to think with the way the season ended – the Suns would have done something. And the fact that they didn't, you're right. They don't need to do anything. They can start the season, see how the pieces mesh. The biggest part is going to be Dario and see how having Dario back changes the equation a little bit and changes what they do. It should change it quite a bit. It could. And and you get to the trade deadline, you get to the buyout market, and if you decide you have a deficiency, go. Go go get somebody. Go make it happen. Go go for it because you're in a window now where you owe it to yourself and your fan base to go for it as hard as you possibly can. I mean, you you can't you can't leave anything on the table right now if you're the Suns. You got to go for it. And I think come trade deadline time, buyout time, they'll and I think that's do that. and I think that's when the, the the next big move will be made. Yeah, trade deadline or the buyout market. That's when I think it's going to be done. Now speaking of the Suns, they just announced their brand new Nike Classic edition uniform celebrating what I can't even believe it's the 30th anniversary of the 92-93 Suns team that went to the NBA Finals it's the classic purple sunburst logo jersey that Barkley and KJ and Thunder Dan and the crew wore back in 92-93 we're giving you the chance they're going to wear it this year the Suns are for certain games we're giving you the chance to be the first to own one of these jerseys text the word jersey to 620-620 and you could win one of these brand new jerseys again that's jersey to 620 Now, when we come back, Cliff Kingsbury talked a bit today about why reducing the joint practices from one to two. He also gave his thoughts on why they acquired Cody Ford. We'll tell you what he had to say next on Burns and Gambo. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. So the Cardinals, they're probably there by now, left for Nashville today for a week of uh, joint practices with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, And as Wolf said when I was driving in on the Wolf and Luke show, these aren't your daddy's joint practices. These aren't aren't three days of guys beating the crap out of each other on a practice field to get themselves ready for a football season. This is going to be the very lightweight, low-calorie version version of your joint practices, according to Cliff Kingsbury. We'll practice against them Wednesday. It'll be um, limited competitive periods. We'll do our own thing some and then come together, but not just a knockout, dragout type practice. I think we're both kind of in the situation. Got some guys banged up. I want to get that competitive fire going. And then Thursday, we'll scale the way back, have more of a mental day for everybody. And then Friday, walk it through and Saturday, play the game. And then he went on to say, Gambo, that it was it was his idea. No, I mean, I asked for it. So I called Rabel and asked for it. And um, just with where we're at health-wise. And he was kind of in the same mindset at this point. Let's let's get in there, have great competition, and get out healthy. I would suspect that even if the Cardinals were in a good space injury-wise, that Cliff still would have wanted it this way anyway. This camp has been all about putting his guys in bubble wrap and making sure everyone's well, that, uh, good to go come the opener on the 11th. Yeah, I get the feeling they probably regret that they set this up. Perhaps. 
That like, why are we doing this? Why are we I doing wish this? We, you know, if I can go back and change it, and when like we agree, agreed to something a while ago, and now yep. that we're here, I'm like, I wish we didn't. Yep. Because you can't totally control other guys' players. You can well. control your players. You can't control another guy's players. And and so Cliff called up Mike Vrabel and said, Yeah, we're just we're going to take it real easy this week because I, I think Cliff has established himself now as one of those coaches who just isn't going to put his guys in any kind of harm's way at all in August. Other coaches will, right? Uh, Belichick and Matt Rule, the, the the Patriots and the Panthers coach. Man, they had a bunch of joint practices last week. It was getting nasty. They were going after each other. Uh-uh, not in Cliff's world. That's not the kind of team he wants to raise in yeah. August. Right I or mean, wrong, it's... good or bad. I don't I don't know if it's the right way to do it or the wrong way to do it, but it's definitely Cliff's way of doing it. I'm definitely was, I was excited about it because I like the, the ability to right. go one-on-one. Right, Your number one receiver against their number one corner. Your number one corner against their number one receiver. Your left tackle against their pass rusher. Your ones against the ones. We're not seeing that in the preseason games. So to me, you were going to get more out of this practice than you were in any of the preseason games for the starters. For the backups, not as much, but for the starters, this was your opportunity to go hit you know, go hit somebody else and really challenge yourself against somebody else and get a little bit of a gauge for where you are. And you're not going to, you know, you, you'll get a little bit of that now, but not as much as we had hoped for. So Cliff Kingsbury also today, before the team got on the plane for Nashville, was talking about um, Ford, their new offensive lineman. Where is Cody Ford going to fit on the depth chart why they acquired him? Um, we'll see when he gets here. Uh, we see him playing inside with the ability uh, in a pinch to play you know, tackle, but um, some of the injuries we've had inside there, we felt like it was a position we could get some more depth, and he's a very physical player, and um, we like the tape. So a lot of what you had said yesterday, kind of, you know, depth there as a backup. Uh, you had mentioned that they're very happy with their backup tackle and Josh Jones. Sorry. Now they feel better about their backup guard mm-hmm. in, in Cody Ford, what he brings in that regard. And, uh, an option for next year. I mean, we don't, we don't know if he's going to play good or not, but at least you've got an in-house option in case your two guards aren't here next year. You have a chance to see, okay, if I like this guy, I keep him and you've got a guard. So I think that's another thing, too. So it'd be nice to have some players next year that are in the system, that know the system, that have been with Kyler. I think that instead of going out next year and say you lose Pugh, Justin Pugh, and you lose Hudson, and you lose Beecham, and you lose Hernandez. Yeah. The continuity on the line is not going to be very good. You got one guy. Now, maybe Josh Jones could play, so now you've got DJ, you got you. But say you got DJ, and you got Josh Jones, and say Ford works out. Well, now I got three offensive linemen. Sure. So that makes the continuity a little bit a little bit easier to handle. And as you reported yesterday, based off of your conversations around the 2019 draft, they liked Cody Ford back then. Now, he hasn't worked out well with Buffalo, and Buffalo obviously felt like they could get rid of Cody Ford for a fifth-round pick because he had no future there. They moved up to get him, Buffalo. They moved up to get him. I had, I'd forgotten about that. They moved up they to get him. They liked him that much. Uh-huh. Yeah. The uh, Cardinals liked him, too. He was one of the... I, I mentioned on the night of the first round, I mentioned, here's the players to look at at 33. This is the Kyler draft. The so the Kyler next draft. day, they took Byron Murphy with the first pick yeah. in the second round. That draft, right? Yeah, which we predicted they would take Byron Murphy, but we also said, here's a, here's a couple other guys that they're looking at. Cody Ford was one of those guys, yeah. along with A.J. Brown, the wide receiver. There is also more of an urgency factor now for the Cardinals when it comes to this because of some of the, the lingering injuries they do have on their offensive line. And I'm not trying to minimize their injuries. It, it's They obviously have some, uh, but but this probably has something to do with the Cody, Cody Ford acquisition, too. Justin Pugh, he's getting checked out today. He's got a stinger in his shoulder. He's getting checked out right now. Um, so I don't have much on that, but we'll see uh, how that plays out next week. We'll see how that plays out next week, which kind of suggests Justin, Justin Pugh 
might be a week or so before he's back. Well, it's good to get Cody Ford in now. As you know, you've right. talked about this quite a, quite a bit when we talked about the corners. Man, get the guy in now so we can get accustomed to playing with everybody and get used to it. Yeah, and I want to make more out of the Justin Pugh thing than there is to make out of it. But but clearly he's banged up. Will Hernandez is banged up. Uh, Marquise Hayes is banged up. Here's Cliff on those Jeez. two guys. Will will be back um, by next week, I'd say, and then Marquise uh, a week or two. So now you start to see it. Okay, well, Hernandez banged up. Roddy Hudson hasn't practiced much. Marquise Hayes, a guy they liked in the draft, also an Oklahoma guy. He's going to be gone for at least a little bit. Justin Pugh, not until next week. They're running out of bodies. And that's not the only reason why they got Cody Ford, but that's clearly one of the reasons why they went out and got Ford. Yeah, just to, to think of you, you, you mentioned like four guys. Like It's August 23rd. You haven't played a game yet, a real game yet. Those guys haven't played. Your well, starters aren't even playing. Will, How are you that banged up? Will Hernandez played a little... A little, but Hudson hasn't played a snap. Pew hasn't played a snap. Kelvin Beecham hasn't played. Not that he's hurt, but but yeah, you're and you can see why Cliff is like, yeah, no, dude, we're not going full speed against the Titans next week. Uh, uh-uh, not happening. Nice and light. We're gonna go out there and play patty cake. That's like I said, it. I think you could take the whole thing back right now. You probably would. I think so. You're right. I think you're right. I think you're right. If you At could. this point, you're like, knowing what, knowing what you know now, you might be like, yeah, this might not be a good idea. Now, when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show here on this Tuesday, a Tuesday where we found out that Kevin Durant isn't going anywhere from the Brooklyn Nets. How close were the Suns to getting KD? How close were they? You'll tell us next on the Burns and Gambo show.